Hello everyone, welcome back to Tea Time Reports and welcome back to the USFL coverage. There's been a lot of news and speculation, obviously, about the merger. Um, but, you know, I don't really tend to focus on the, like, the rumors and stuff in this uh, particular type of episode uh, regarding the USFL. If you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know, uh, I've been an adamant fan of this league since day one. I've been live tweeting all the games since season one in 2022. Um, I know the players, I know the coaches, I've watched every single game, I have not missed one, you know, I'm down in the Bay Area of Florida, you know, and I'm a devoted fan, and an avid follower of this league, so obviously I'm going to put the speculations and like the rumors towards the tail end of the episode, because I'm not really going to be taking it too seriously, um, until I actually hear, you know, the word from the horse's mouth, as they used to say. Um, but there's been quite a few kind of developing um, stories regarding some new acquisitions um, and uh, our first trade of the offseason as well, which I'd be happy to get into. Um, but I will say, I'll start it off with this. Congratulations to any Philadelphia Stars fans. Uh, they've signed defensive tackle Trey Botts out of Colorado State um, to Pueblo. Uh, and he was a 2023rd. 2023 eighth overall, I mean, excuse me, eighth round draft pick in the uh, collegiate draft. So pretty cool to see some of the actual draft picks continuing to uh, sign with their respective teams, but also kind of take this league seriously enough to be like, okay, I didn't, um, you know, get it drafted, but I could use this as an opportunity as well. Uh, The New Orleans Orleans Generals, excuse me, I'm tongue-tied today, y'all. The New Jersey Generals released offensive lineman Bruce Trigg, Going to be interesting to see if he uh, winds up anywhere. Um, I've not seen him pop up on any rosters. I'm also interested to see what's going on with the New Orleans Breakers quarterback situation. Is Akil Glass the guy or not? Um, But moving forward here, the Michigan Panthers uh, signed running back Raymond Calais out of Louisiana uh, and Lafayette. And yeah, that's a... As as far as I know, I saw some tape on him. Some people uh, that were obviously the fandom... For the Panthers, a couple accounts on uh, Twitter slash X. If you're not following us on there, make sure you do at Tea Time Reports. All support is appreciated. Um, this guy's shifty. He's fast, and it's going to be interesting to see him and Reggie Corbin continue to make that duo. And, and Stevie Scott, how is he going to be implemented as well? The Birmingham Stallions also brought back offensive guard Matt Kasky, who's been great for them for two years. Really good to see him back. Um, also a shout out to, uh, cornerback Lorenzo Burns, who's currently a cornerback for the Birmingham Stallions, but he got a workout, a mid season workout for the San Francisco 49ers. They're probably just evaluating to see, um, you know, what's what I know he was there preseason wise. So they're probably just like, maybe we need depth there, but, uh, would have been cool to see him get signed, but maybe, you know, maybe soon. All these guys have an ability to get to where they want to go if they use this league properly and show out. And a guy that did that and is now showing out in the NFL, I'd love to shout him out here. Brandon Aubrey, most field goals made without a miss to start an NFL career. 19. He was he was legitimately doing this in the USFL for the Stallions. You know, just a sure-handed weapon, a sure-handed three points to an extra point for sure. And... I know we had that one extra point miss at the, like his first kick of his career, but since then he's been outstanding on extra points and even better at field goals. 
So just shout out to him and his start to his career with the Dallas Cowboys. Not a Cowboys fan by any means, but I do got to give the guy props. Him and Kevontae Turpin have been legitimate contributions. Another contribution on a different team, but also in Texas, is defensive tackle Khalil Davis. Uh, he had a great game against the Bucks two weeks ago. A sack, four total tackles, and one pass defended against Baker Mayfield, a number one overall pick. I'll take that. And he played for, guess who? The Birmingham Stallions. Uh, Kevontae Turbin obviously was the MVP of the USFL in 2022 with the Generals. I wish I could have clarified that a little better. I didn't mean to gloss over Cavante uh, Turpin. He is a dog. Um, but, I mean, just you look around the NFL and you see, you're like, oh, that guy, was in the, that guy was in the USFL. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. You know, and this league works. It does. Um, and a guy I will want to see take the field for the Packers because Jordan Love is awful is Alex Magoo. I'm waiting for that. Just wanted to say that. Um but I don't know if you guys remember defensive lineman Jeremiah Par- uh, Parms from the uh, Pittsburgh Maulers in season one of the USFL. Um, he had 32 tackles and two sacks. Uh, he's mainly only been on the Patriots practice squad for the last two seasons, but they actually put him, they elevated him to the active roster. That was uh, November 4th, so he's actually seen some field time. So just guys from even season one that were on practice squads putting in that work showed up and showed out. I mean, Cavante Turpin... Um, in week eight, one catch, 13 yards, two kick returns for 88 yards, a long of 63. Uh, Khalil Davis in week eight, two pressures, one tackle, one QB hit. Uh, LeBron Ray, third highest graded defender on the Carolina Panthers. And Brandon Aubrey, Brandon Aubrey, excuse me, obviously doing what he did, two for two on field goals, 58 long, the NFL record for most kicks made to start an NFL career. That was only week eight. You know, we just passed week 10. These guys are still contributing and still, excuse me, contributing. I'm all over the place with my words today. I ex- I don't excuse myself. But I mean, the big news that uh, that I guess is the cool thing to point out here is the first trade of the offseason. Let me just pull it up so I can accurately um, talk about it here. But it is between two teams that met in the championship in 2022, the Philadelphia Stars and the Birmingham Stallions. And honestly, I don't know who got fleeced but definitely an interesting selection. Um, okay, so in in this trade, the Philadelphia Stars traded um, safety Cody Brown out of Arkansas State and defensive tackle, excuse me, Arkansas State, and defensive tackle Marvin Wilson out of Florida State. Cody Brown is a dog, very hard-hitting safety, legitimately knocked Isaiah Henney's teeth out in Season 1. Love anything as possible, but this kid can hit. He's a really, like, he's the definition of a ball hawk safety. He's, he's a smash mouth player. Really enjoy watching him play, but I'm surprised the Stars let him go in, in that kind of sense. But they did trade for a whole revamp of their O-line to protect Case Cookus. They got offensive guard uh, Gray Davis out of Colorado State and offensive tackle Ryan Pope out of San Diego State in return. Guys that actually could step up and do 100% more things than what Thoreau was doing with John Dyson, um, who got traded mid-season last year. Um, and just, I'm glad that the Stars are finally realizing, oh, fuck, we need to protect Case Cookus because him and Corey Coleman could actually be a legitimate threat to this league via air raid. And we need a legitimate way to develop a run game because they had the worst rush attack last season. And when they actually had a decent one in season one with Matt Colburn, who completely fell off a cliff. But it's because the O-line was just genuinely dog shit in Season 2 for the Stars. 
and they really need to develop some kind of continuity or chemistry with these two guys they brought in from a two-time champion squad. Maybe those guys are like, fuck it, maybe we can try and elevate this team to those standards as well. Start in the trenches, and the Stars did just that, but they did lose a trench piece in Marvin Wilson, who I didn't really see much uh, last year. Um, but they did lose Cody Brown in this trade, who that's the big significant piece where I believe the Stallions genuinely fleece the Stars. The Stars got better. Don't get me wrong, they got better, but they also did get worse on defense by a fucking mile. But that's why immediately right after, they signed two defensive pieces. Two defensive pieces, actually. Um, they signed, before the trade, they, st- they signed Marvin Wilson out of Florida State, and they just traded him away immediately. But they did sign, and they're keeping um, David Vereen out of Newberry. He's a cornerback. So that's something that could definitely be you know useful for the secondary, build depth, or maybe he's a day one starter. But Channing Stribling and Imani Dennis are going to have a lot on their plate this upcoming year for the Stars. That is for sure. Uh, I know Channing Stribling was actually like tweeting at Skip Holtz, like, yo, you know, get me over there. I want to get a, I want to get a ring. And I don't blame him. This team's going to probably go back, and, and I'm referring to the star, uh, the Stallions here, probably going to go back and win a third championship in a row. The best spring football team to ever hit fields in that time. I mean, go back to the 80s. This team is better than the Stars in the 80s. And the Stars, you know, last year was the only year they were not in the championship game since the USFL's conception. But the Stallions... Two for two, back to back. And if they go for three for three, back to back to back, that's just something deadly that I don't even want to discuss with you. And especially if Alex Magoo's like, you know what, I had my time, you know, I was on the sidelines with Green Bay. But hey, I'm going to come back into this league. But you know who I'm not going to sign with the Stallions? Because Jamar, that's Jamar's squad. And Jamar's a dog. Don't get me wrong, Jamar Smith is a dog. Marlon Williams is returning as well. The Stallions are looking to go back and do what they did in 2022, but Alex Magoo and Jamar Smith split time that season, and Jamar Smith really kind of just sealed the deal, but Alex Magoo's antics genuinely won them that championship game if you look back on it and rewatch that game. But in terms of whose team is it now, Jamar Smith is 100%. Him and Marlon Williams did the recovery together. They're ready to go. But I feel like if Alex Magoo came back, he would have to sign with a northern squad. I know he's a Tampa native. He'd probably go Memphis or New Orleans. Ooh, that would be spicy. New Orleans, maybe he beats the Stallions for the Breakers. A, a thing they only have been able to do once in two seasons. They were 1-5 and five against them, including playoff losses. Because they both met up in the playoff game each time for that division, or that conference, excuse me. And they've lost in every clutch moment. Even with McLeod Bethel-Thompson having a really solid season last year, having good numbers. He really did. Possibly his last season of ball. But, I mean, they just really weren't able to do it. And that's why I was questioning the quarterback situation for the New Orleans Breakers. But, uh, and they've been kind of, they made some good acquisitions earlier. And, I, you know, if you want to listen to those episodes earlier, um, you know, a couple weeks back, uh, they made some good acquisitions with wide receivers, special teams players, some good O-line additions. They've made some moves, but no big moves. Cam Echo's Looper and, and Vinny Papali are going to do wonders for them on the outside. But they need a quarterback that can play consistent ball. They could potentially come in there and actually win those clutch moments. We saw Kyle Slaughter not be able to do it in Season 1. That's why he was QB3 going into the championship game last year for the Stallions. Still got his ring, though. I want to see Kyle Slaughter genuinely come back and come in here and do what he has to do to potentially prove himself to be a starter on another squad, but I, I don't think it's going to be the Breakers. I think the Breakers need to genuinely look, you know, maybe at a keel glass because he didn't play at all. I would prefer to see him start. I really would. Him or maybe they go out and get Roland Rivers. 
Yeah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Roland Rivers, for sure, though, needs to be in the USFL again. He was fun to watch in Season 1. But the Breakers quarterback is a question mark at this point, in my opinion. They need to, they need to really they need to show what they're trying to do. Because with the Stallions, they're clearly trying to go back again. The Stars, truly, clearly trying to make a run. Um, the Panthers have made some good moves. I mean, they have a crowd to appease at Ford Field. So, I mean, you see that, and the Stars are a historic franchise for this league. They're always going to be making, you know, waves and trying to do something. But last year was a very lackluster year for them. The entire North was lackluster until the final two weeks of the season when every team kind of had to win or you're out type thing. And EJ Perry just flamed the world until that final shootout in overtime in that uh, Northern Conference playoff game. Uh, and they wound up losing to the Pittsburgh Maulers, who just had the better defense. Ruben Foster, Kayaba Tizino, Boogie Roberts, Olive Segapolu, who's now on the Generals, by the way, with Toby Johnson. That might be absolutely disgusting. The Generals have a defense that's going to be very, very high quality this year. Better than the past two seasons. Obviously going 9-1 and one in Season 1 and then going 3-7 and seven in Season 2. That's something they really need to address and... Genuinely, it was consistent quarterback play. Kyle Lalletta retired after the year after having a really rough go at it in his USFL stint. But they really need to either commit to DeAndre Johnson, who did get injured for three games or two games, I believe. So that really hurt them as well. But they really do need to have a legitimate backup who could potentially push DeAndre out of that starting position or at least keep him on the edge. I like DeAndre Johnson. Don't get me wrong at all. He is a great ball player, electric, fun, big arm, very quick. But the consistency with the scheme and the quarterback play has never been in touch and in sync for the Generals, and generally since that playoff loss when they got spanked by the Stars, shockingly, in Season 1. The Memphis Showboats actually brought in someone as well. Offensive tackle Darren Paolo out of Utah, a guy that played for the Tampa Bay Bandits, actually, in Season 1. And then he actually had a stint, I believe, in the XFL, I believe. Um... And now he's back for the Memphis Showboats, the team that literally rebranded from the Bandits to the Showboats um, going into their second season, technically. I'd love to see the Bandits come back, get a team in Tampa. Please, USFL, please heed my words. You'd love it. Um, You really would. The fans are here. Come on. Tampa would show out with this league growing the way it is. They really would. But the expansion is probably in, uh, in, not for a little while. But uh, there was a really good uh, little post about rebuilding the trenches for the Stars by USFL News Hub at the USFL News Hub on Twitter slash X. Shout out to that account. They do wonders there. They talk about every in-depth trade as well as USFL Newsroom at USFL Newsroom on Twitter slash X as well. They go into all that shit. Um, James Larson, PFN. If you're looking for news regarding the USFL, that's the guy you want to go to. That's the account you just want to go ahead and click and follow for sure. Um, But a little thing about the cornerback that the Stars brought in, cornerback David Vereen. Uh, the 2024 season, he actually got some time in with the Ravens. I don't know if he started, but you know, he, you know that's good to see guys coming from NFL camps. Um, oh, and by the way, Darren Paulo actually had to sit with the Detroit Lions, so uh, he was probably on a practice squad or scout team for a little while, and then you know now he's back. So that's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want, make sure you go check out our Twitter. Like I said earlier, I do have the hit uh, from Cody Brown hitting Isaiah. Uh, Henny, so hard that his tooth fell out. Um, shout out back to the Pittsburgh Maulers, orange and purple uni days. But shout out to Isaiah Henny for just being a dog and coming back into that game and doing what he had to do. Just a shifty playmaker. But Cody Brown, I mean, that guy is a dog. And he, honestly, the Stallions just look 
like they're going back, <laughs> like for real. Um, and also, like I do post uh, every week, like the big moments from each week in the uh, the uh, USFL season, because they do like a week ten hot, mic'd up moments, like uh, week ten highlights from the USFL season, kind of correlating it with the uh, the NFL season going on. Obviously, there's only twelve weeks total of ball in the USFL and a lot more in the NFL, but just pretty cool that the social media is doing that. And also, shout out to the USFL for just getting so involved with the communities that the teams are in, uh, not only in Birmingham, having their meet and greets, Memphis, they do a lot of stuff with like schools and charity work, uh, Marlon Williams and CJ Marable did like a meet and greet for the Stallions the other day, um, you just see a lot of community work out of the USFL and their coaching staffs, their team, uh, especially, you know, Shout out to Michigan. They visited uh, the Fisher House of Ann Arbor um, and, you know, did some community work there. The Showboats visited, like, a Sunrise Cafe in East Memphis on Thursday, uh, November 10th and stuff. I mean, that's just cool, you know, and, like, these are events um, you, you can buy your season tickets at and you get, you know, discounts on merchandise, meet the players, get a little more in touch with, like, genuinely the teams that you should grow a fandom for. I mean, this is a growing league that deserves praise. And um, this past weekend, I would also like to praise a couple guys that did get some starts. Austin Watkins Jr., former Birmingham Stallion, was on the practice squad for the Cleveland Browns, had a great preseason and Hall of Fame game, got elevated for the Week 10 matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, shout out to Khalil Davis for continuing to start for the Houston Texans, also a former Birmingham Stallion. Shout out to Micah Arbethany, former Houston gambler, actually, and uh, XFL um, player as well, for sticking with the Falcons for this long and got his start. Um, He's had a few, I believe. Um, He actually had a stint with the Packers as well last year, but he got his start against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Shout out to him, Brandon Aubrey and Cavante Turpin. Shout out to both you guys having successful stints with the Dallas Cowboys, both respectively at different positions. Kicker. Uh, starting kicker, that's a huge thing. You're going to be there for a while if you're just on point. And Cavante Turpin signed that three-year deal. Clearly, they trust his shiftiness, his versatility, and his athleticism to develop him and turn him into a weapon who has scored on occasion, changed up sweet, uh, field positioning for the offense of the Cowboys, who have had a decent year offensively. They've outscored the Giants now, like 89-17 to 17 in two matchups this year. So they, they've done their thing, and Cavante Turpin has put up points in both of those games, as well as Brandon Aubrey. So shout out to all those guys. Um, as well as the merger news, I don't really know like what is truly happening with this merger. We're supposed to be getting news, but we've been hearing that for like ever. So I don't really know what to trust or what genuinely to believe. Um, I will say... It's going to be one of those things that, you know, it, it can probably go wrong. It really can. A- accumulating a lot of those assets in kind of an expansion type way um, can turn a league very well or very sour. And we're going to see this experiment take place and see what genuinely happens. But I have hope in the USFL's management as well as genuinely the quality that they've put out for the past two years. And I think that, you know, we'll see hopefully this work out very well. But do I know that for sure? No. But have I predicted the way it was going to happen? 
yes I did check my receipts check tea time reports receipts you don't need to really question our expertise on the USFL anymore don't listen to just garbage clickbait artists like Ducky and all those guys on Twitter slash X they don't know what they're talking about nor do they actually care about the game they click they care about the popularity of just getting the likes and trying to you know kind of make a vlog account and those types of people ruin it for everyone else so just steer clear of them trust your source trust James Larson PFN for real like that's the most accurate source of information on these alternative leagues um, and just stay away from the, uh, the the characters that are just trying to create a persona and a following not actually cover the game and show appreciation to the players and genuinely the, the love of the game um, and, and that's just something I wanted to say out there because you see a lot of that and you see a lot of bandwagon people that just kind of ruin and put a sour taste in your mouth. You shouldn't let them ruin it, but sometimes they just genuinely do um, because something like this that's smart that started with like a small upbringing in the USFL, a revamp that no one really had hope for and now it's where it's at accumulating the XFL and all of their assets you see the USFL one. You see if you listen to the podcast episodes from nearly almost a year ago, in a couple weeks, in a sense. And if you go back to even my time on Blog Talk Radio with Fighting Words Radio Network, I, you know, I talked about this at length. You know, and you know, you gotta trust who you trust. You gotta know what you know. And if you don't, then don't speak on it, in a sense. Especially if you're just trying to, you know, be a clickbait type of person. But um, shout out to the USFL and shout out to all the players getting signed, re-signed, new acquisitions, new team trades. Really cool to see that. Um, And hopefully this league just continues to go the way it's going and it's heading straight up. Um, And if you want to continue to follow our coverage on the USFL, make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms at Tea Time Reports on every platform you can think of to Threads, to Instagram, to X slash Twitter. We have some YouTube comp. Uh, content coming out if not already out make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel shout out to b-dog for putting in that work it's greatly appreciated it's greatly appreciated for all the support as well that everyone's been showing we've had our best month yet and it's just been amazing to see Uh, we're going to keep heading up as well just like the usfl hopefully and maybe get a, a live coverage day one day and if they have a team in tampa that'd be nice but if we have to make a trip, I don't mind doing it, you know, for the pod, for the content, you know, in general. But also, genuinely, I would love to see a USFL game live. I have a bunch of uh, just merchandise I wear around, and not many people know of it down here, you know, south of the Bay Area. So you kind of have to explain, oh, yeah, no, we had a team, but, like, they moved and shit. And they're like, what? You know, it's that's where you lose them. But, um you know, I, I will happily do marketing for free for the USFL. I love this league. I really do. I have a passion for it. I love covering it. I love watching the league. I love following the storylines and players. It gives me new sparks of passion to watch the NFL. Looking for those USFL guys that I was able to watch and their come up is just something that I enjoy because you can kind of relate to it in any aspect of life. If you're uh, trying to come up as an underdog, you know, that's you know this is a good league to watch and enjoy. Um, shout out to all those guys I was talking about in the NFL. Shout out to everyone still taking those opportunities in the USFL. Shout out to Vinny Papali. You're a dog. Hopefully you find really good success with the Breakers. Um, better success than the Showboats have given you, bro. Because you should be a genuine slot starter 
force feed this guy the ball. He's a sure-handed receiver that can legitimately make plays. I remember that week four touchdown you had reaching for the pylon. Really, really good play. I love Vinny Papali. You know, he's a great guy. I'm glad I was able to talk to him. But, uh, you know, if, yeah, if you want to follow any more USFL coverage, you know, in extent, um, we have our Twitter account that's very prevalent on it, as well as, you know, follow us on the IG. But take care, everyone. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, signing off. Peace.